Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I want to talk to our young folk. All of our young folk, if you're going to be in school this year, uh, whether it be uh, preschool, kindergarten, or college, raise your hand. All right. I'm looking around. I need to know who I'm going to be talking to today. Praise God. Now, if you are young in heart and still in the school of life, let me see your hand. You see, kids, it never ends. I don't care you get the diploma. You just graduate from one thing to another. Amen. Praise God. So I see I'm talking to everybody tonight. Everybody. One verse of scripture. 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12. 1 Timothy 4 and 12. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Heavenly Father, bless the word today. Help us, O oh God, to impact our students. Help us, Lord Jesus, that we would grow by your word tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say amen. amen. You can be seated. Thank you. I thank the Lord for heritage and for our past because we can learn from it. And our heritage and our past impacts our personal history. We are made up of where we came from. So history has a lot to do with who we are. The future, on the other hand, is pretty uncertain. Tomorrow holds for us things that we do not know. And while we admire and value our heritage in our past, and while we can learn from generations of yesterday, the real important issue today is the generation that is here now and the generation that will follow hereafter. Amen. Very important. I want to tell you today, young folks, young students, all you going to school, all of you in the school of life, so every one of us, you're valuable no matter what your age is. I, I, want, I want the youngest here to hear me. I, I, I would love, Adeline, for you to understand how valuable you are, sweetheart. I want you to know how important you are. Amen. Rhett, I want you to know how important you are, regardless of what your age is. Hallelujah. Sister Pat, you're important. It doesn't matter what age you are. You are important to the Lord as a student. We are all in the student of life, but also for these kids that will be going to school. Remember this, education is a process. We are constantly training future generations every day. Every day, 
Those of us are either training or being trained in some way. When it comes to family, God designed the family. God made the family to be a school. How many know your house is a school? Before you ever go to preschool, your house is a school. Before you, before you, uh, your house is the school. The writer in Psalms put it like this in chapter 127 and verse 1. Except the Lord build the house, they that lay, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late to eat the bed of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. Boy, that's a whole message in itself. Do I need to say that again? It's vain to rise up early and stay up late. Amen. You got to get your rest. I thought I'd get a shout out. Now, I'm just going to go slow tonight. So uh, to, if, you, if, you, if you're looking for a fiery shouting message, go watch Sunday. It, 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 it's for he said, Lo, children are heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the room is his reward. It's interesting that he sandwiched in that scripture conduct, building the house of the Lord, children being a heritage. Oh, by the way, it has something to do with how you live, it's about your conduct. Man is a builder, we're all builders, we, we, we like to build in, uh, in, in this hour that we're living in. And, and, and since, since so many networks and television shows are nothing but puke and junk, I, I, I've turned to watching the educational things on YouTube to get my, my entertainment, as it were. I love watching those YouTubes about the newest thing that man has designed, the prototypes of cars and motorcycles and airplanes. Man, some of that stuff, it's it, it, it just, just quite amazing. We are builders as human beings. We design things. We build things. If you're a chef or you're a cook, you build something because you designed it. You put the ingredients together and you don't want me to do that. I'll, I'll drive a nail. I'll build a box. I'll, I'll do that. But you don't want me designing your, your meal. <clears throat> the Lord is the designer of families. Not man. That's why when man redefines family, he's just... Busting up the architect's model. The Lord is the designer of the family. If the Lord is not the designer of the family, then the enemy can just walk right in and demolish the home. The mother, the father, who does not put God at the center of their family will find that their building of the home is in vain. We're wasting our time if God is not the center of our homes. Doesn't matter if you are a home with with, with both parents, mother and father, whether you're in a home of single parent or, or whether you're a home with grandparent, it does not matter. If the Lord is not at the center of that home, we're working in vain. Lord, help us to set the house at right. The, it's interesting that the phrase build the house literally means to obtain children. What we do is that we are building children. We are building children in our home. We're building children in our families. We're building children in the church. We're about building the future. Somebody say, we're building the future. Amen. It's very important that families have church to connect with 
and help their children to grow. I will say this. If you take your children to public school, you need the church in this hour more than ever before. If you take your children to private school, you need the church more than ever before. If you homeschool your children, you are going to need the church. Amen. Don't just try to fight the battle by yourself. Amen. But God makes it clear that if he doesn't build the house, our work is in vain. Lord, I don't want my work to be in vain. I want my grandkids to grow up and be on fire people of God. I, I, I want, want to see them working in the kingdom. I want my children to, to be used in the kingdom of God in a great way. It's worth the effort, but we got to build. The writer of Proverbs says in Proverbs 17 and 6, Children's children are the crown of old men. Some old men say amen. Amen. I'm going to say it. And the glory of children are their fathers. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Do you know why abortion is such a tragedy? It's not just that baby that is destroyed. It's whatever that baby was going to produce is destroyed. It's not just that when a child backslides from God that they're just simply walking away from God. They're walking away from what God intended for them to produce. And what impact that God intended for them to have. Praise God. So students today, you matter. You matter. You matter. You matter. Hallelujah. You matter. In this hour, we find that the uh, uh, Proverbs tells us uh, in 20 and 7, the just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. It, how we live impacts how our children will live. You know what? I, have, I really have something that gets under my skin and is a pet peeve of mine. It's a pet peeve of mine to hear preachers or, or, or saints of God begin to berate how bad the generation after them is. That aggravates the mess out of me because I want to say, you built them, you trained them, you invested in them, Amen. I want to be able to walk away and say that I've invested, I've trained, I've done my best and showed them the way so that, that if you walk in integrity, your children can follow after you and call you blessed. Amen. Proverbs 20 and 11, every child is known by his doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. Amen. You cannot hide, student, what you really are. You may bluff your teacher, you may bluff your parent, but eventually who you are will come to the surface. A child is known by their doing. Amen. Jesus put it this way, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So you can say, well, I'm really great in church, but if you're not showing that same attitude with mom and dad at home, Well, your spirit's showing. Right now, I, I, wanna, I want you to hear me, students. You are framing your future right now. 
Amen. From the very beginning, all you going to first grade, you're framing your future. Those of you in elementary school, you are framing your future. Amen. Those of you in middle school, you are framing your future. In high school, you are framing your future. Amen. And I will tell you today, it's important to understand what the Lord says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Amen. For he that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I want to tell you, I know that one can say, I'm going to go and spend my time in the world for a while, and then I'm coming back. There's those that have said, I'm going to just go and do my own thing in the world and then then someday I'll come back. I will tell you that I don't have the the statistics, but I know what I've seen and what I've experienced. The vast majority that have said that has yet to come back. Hallelujah. But I've watched those that have come back. But all the years that have been wasted... Oh, the, 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 the time that has been wasted when they could have been walking in a divine future from an early age throughout their life. God says, you reap what you sow. Here's what the writer of Ecclesiastes says. and Again, a familiar passive scripture, but it says in Ecclesiastes 12 and 1, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Remember the creator now. Remember him now. Plant that firmly in your life. You want a good marriage? You want a good family? You want to grow up and your finances be okay? Then plant yourself now in in the things of God. Let your focus be God now. And your tomorrows will be bright. Somebody say amen. Amen. That our priority ought to see that I'm shaping my future right now. Not when you get to college. You've already started shaping it in elementary. You're shaping your future now. Hallelujah. Remember now the creators in the days of thy youth. I remember a message that I heard on cassette tape. That's how far back it is. I, I, I remember a message I heard by uh, Brother David Johnson that preached a message at a general conference, uh, uh, one that I had, I had never been to a general conference before I started coming around the assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Brother David Johnson preached a message that I listened to it and it has stuck with me all these years. He preached a message entitled, Struggling to Calvary with Nothing to Give. You remember that bishop? Struggling to Calvary with nothing to give. And he talks about from Ecclesiastes that follows this about when you get old and the grinders are, are low. They have false teeth, but that's just what he's talking about. Your grinders are low, your sight becomes dim. I don't want to struggle to Calvary at the last of my life and then say I have something to offer now. You have something to offer right now. You have something to give right now. You are not just a child of God in training now. You are a child of God now. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Reese, you are a child of God right now. God loves you right now. Amen. I know your future is bright, and I know that God has a lot for you, but don't just think about, I'm living tomorrow, and I'll do what I want to. Right now, God, God loves you right now. Praise God. Somebody say amen. amen. Paul told Timothy, who was a young man at that time, let no man despise thy youth. Somebody say amen. amen. I want to talk to you about young examples. For he said, but be thou an example. Well, when I get older, I'll be an example. When I get my act together, I'll be an example. After I sow my wild oats, I'll be an example. After I have my fun, I'll be an example. Paul said, don't let anybody minimize you because of your age. Don't let anybody speak down to you with your walk with God because of your age. Hallelujah. Would to God that we would remember that it, part of our history began with a 17-year-old evangelist. A 17-year-old. Woo. Praise be to God. Remember, let no man despise thy youth. He said, but be thou an example. I'm too young to be an example. I'm only, Dean, what grade are you going into, buddy? Fourth grade. Uh, fourth grade, I'm just too, too, too young. I don't have to worry about that. Mm -mm. Be thou an example. Don't let no man despise your youth. Hallelujah. Be an example. Joey, you getting ready to go start to school? You're about ready to start to school? Amen. You're, 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 you're young enough to start to school. You're young enough to pray. You're young enough to call upon the Lord at the age. How old are you, buddy? Six years old. Hallelujah. I can tell you right now, there's people that, that, that may be in this room, and there's people that I know. How old was Whitney when she received the Holy Ghost? She was, David was six. Oh, older, oh, oh, old, old. Don't let anybody tell you that, that you're too young to pray. You're too young to worship. You're too young to seek the Lord. You're too young to receive the Holy Ghost. Amen. Get a hunger for God right now. Be an example right now. How can I be an example at school? How can I be? A, well, I'm going to homeschool. Well, be an example at home. Oh, I can melt a little bit and talk about make your bed, pick up your trash, and put your clothes in the damper. That is some spiritual revelation right there. I could talk about that. Where's your amen, young folks? That's good, pastor. That's really good, pastor. Hallelujah. I digress for now. He said, but be thou an example. It's interesting that the word example means a mark of a stroke. It is like taking something that is going to be putting an imprint in a rock or, or putting an imprint. Put a, it's taking the hammer and striking that and leaving that imprint. It is an imprint. It is an impression. 
It, 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 it is an image. It's a form. It, 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 God wants you at your age, from the smallest child to those of us that are still in school, to say, God put an imprint on me so that I can be an example. I want to be an example. I want to be an example. I want to be an example. Amen. At home, at school, on the job, wherever it may be, Lord, let me have the mark of a true believer. For he says, be an example of believers. Amen. Believers are those that trust in truth. Amen. Be an example of somebody that trusts in truth. Don't let the world make it make your foundation wishy-washy. But be an example of trusting in, in truth, and you will then be a trustworthy example. Be an example of believers. He said, be an example in word. Everybody say, that's my word. Not this word. That's my word. Be an example in word. What is Paul saying? Don't let anybody despise your youth, but you be an example in word, in what you say, in your vocabulary, what comes out of your mouth, what goes on your post, what is in your Instagram, what's in that Instagram account that nobody knows about, what is in that TikTok account that you're hiding. Be an example in word. Hallelujah. If you've got a hidden account that your parents don't know anything about, you need to go delete that right today. Don't do it right now, but do it as soon as you leave this. You go delete that right now. Can I get an amen? Amen. You don't know how dangerous and deadly that is. Be an example in word. What you say, what you post, what you speak. Amen. Let me just say this. You destroy the witness if cussing continually comes out of your mouth. Regardless of how young or old you are. I'm going to tell you it matters what comes out of our mouth. Be an example in word. Then he said be an example in conversation. That is behavior or conduct. If you want to be used of God and be a trustworthy example you have to understand that conduct matters how i act matters amen titus chapter 2 and verse 3 listen to this the aged women likewise that they should be in behavior as become of holiness but not false accusers not given to much wine teachers of good things amen it's not just for the young folks it's for the young that are still learning Then verse 4, that they may teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. What is he saying? Conduct matters. Conduct matters. Then he said in verse 6, young men. 
Likewise, exhort to be sober-minded in all things, showing thyself a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, and sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say about you. You know what? Live like you want God to use you, and he will. Be an example in conversation. Be an example in conversation. Be an example in charity, Paul says. That is a strong emotional affection that produces action. A strong passion, emotion. If you love God hard, living for him will be easy. If you love God with all-in mentality and you're saying, I want him, it will become easy. Temptation gets further and further away when you begin to live for God with the mentality of that. This is my passion. This is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. Amen. You say, well, I'm, I'm so young. Do we have anybody going into eighth grade? Anybody going into eighth grade this year? Seventh grade? Six? There we go. There's a sixth grader. Anybody being a freshman this year? Freshman in high school? When I was in eighth grade, me and some friends started at break having a prayer, a prayer meeting. All we did was we come together. We had 15 minutes and we would pray. By the time the year was over, that some four and five eighth graders had expanded, so we had to get out of the classroom and go into uh, 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 the assembly hall, and we had wound up with over 200 students that would arrive and begin to pray for 15 minutes every day. You may think that what you're doing isn't impactful. It starts small, but you got to be willing to be an example. Be an example. Oh, they'll call you this and they'll call you that, but go ahead. They'll know who to call when they need prayer. Be an example, young examples of charity, passion that moves to action. Be an example in spirit, he said. This is our seat of emotions, especially our disposition towards God. Be an example in spirit. Hallelujah. Be an example of worshiper at the house of God. Be an example, hallelujah, of loving folks and thanking God for what he's done. Be an example and say, I'm going to be on fire for God. And I'm so excited to see what God is doing in some of your lives. And I'm watching you get more and more excited. Let me just say, pour gas on that. Be an example in spirit. Don't worry about what anybody else says. Hallelujah. Worship God with your passion. Love God with passion. Thank the Lord for students that are doing that. Be an example in faith. Believe and trust what you believe. Trust the truth that you believe. You know what? The devil is very much out to destroy truth. And so the twisting of what God is and who God is, there is there really a God and all that debate, that, that kind of stuff, is that stay trustworthy because if God ever showed you one time who he is, if he ever touched you one time, if you've ever been filled with his spirit, if you've ever seen God move, trust Trust, stay on that. 
Don't let the devil come in and try to persuade you, but be an example of faith. You can believe the truth and trust the truth. Then he wound up by saying, be an example in purity. Be an example in purity. That is unstained by sin, by the world, and immorality. It's interesting that how one Greek definition of this word purity meant lacking a first-hand knowledge of evil. Paul wrote to Romans and he said, be simple to evil, but be excellent towards good. Be dumb towards evil and be smart towards what is good. You know what? There are just some things that you can't unlearn when it comes to evil. So become, don't be worried about, I want to know what the world is. And, and I've had people say, well, pastor, we're not living in the real world. Well, thank God. That real world is a mess. That real world is broken. That real world is fighting. That real world has got all kinds of crazy out of order stuff. Thank God. I want to live in his world. I want to live by his power. Be an example. Impurity. You say, well, mom and dad don't let me watch that. Thank them. Mom and dad don't let me go there. Thank them. They're not trying to crimp your style. They're trying to keep you pure. What is purity? It's being innocent in our mind. To Let me just say that if the world right now is pushing to teach immoral sex education at kindergarten level, they are trying to influence your mind. That's why we need to be very careful. And, I, and, I, and parents, I know some of you have stepped out to teach your children at home. I pray for your, your, your mind, first of all. I pray for your mind. I pray that the Lord will help you and give you wisdom. Amen. And I, I pray for But I, I, I want to just say this. If at the, at the essence of is, uh, I want my kids to be educated, but I also want them to be uneducated to a lot of things in this world. <laughs> to the pure, all things are pure. Titus 1 and 5, 15. To the pure... All things are pure. You see the world by the rate of your understanding. To the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. It matters what, what you're innocent to. It matters what you're innocent to. Be an example. That's what Paul said. You know, there's a couple other areas I want to talk to you about being an example. Be an example in honoring your parents. Yeah. Honor your parents. Yeah. Honor your parents. Yeah. Ephesians 6 and 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for that is right. Honor thy father and mother. Then look at this. I want you to get this. You see what's in the parentheses there? Can, can you read it? Which is, read it with me. Which is the first commandment with promise. Do you realize that honoring your parents is a promise that God said, I'll give you a long life. I'll bless you if you'll honor your parents. Well, my parents don't deserve honor. That doesn't say if they deserve it. It doesn't even say if they're right. It doesn't even say if they're saved. 
It says, honor your parents. Amen. And that is giving them added value. You add value sometimes to what does not even deserve it. Because the promise is not connected to them, it's connected to you. And when you honor and you add value, you're going to be blessed. Anybody want that blessing? Honor your father and mother. The writer of Proverbs says, a wise son makes a glad father. He said, a wise son hears his father's instruction. It matters how you treat your parents, students. The relationship may have different forms, but it matters how you treat them. Amen. The writer in in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 9 says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. That's for you to understand and for us to understand. All students need to understand. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptations. And to reserve the unjust under the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh, the lust of uncleanness, and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They're not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Can I just give you another thing to be an example of? Be loyal. Be loyal. I know this is a world that is changing, but be loyal to the people that have loved you and raised you. Be loyal to the people that have cared for you. Be loyal to the church that has brought you and helped you and the people that have connected. Be loyal to them. Amen. Be an example of loyalty. And you say, I want a good job. Well, I'm telling you what, the way to advance in a good job is that an employer will look and see that you are a loyal, faithful, dependable employee, and they will advance you on a fast track because the world is full of those that are not loyal. They're not faithful. They don't show up on time. They don't show up to work. Do you know that there are some, some even in our community, fast food places that are having to pay by daily They are paying by day because there'll be a a worker here one day and gone the next. And the only way they can keep them around is to give them cash every day. That's the kind of world you want to stand out. I'll tell you how to stand out. It's not about being the smartest. It's not about being the one that can do the best job. It's about being faithful, dependable, and loyal. And God will help you advance like Joseph right straight to the top. Amen. Remember that, please. Be loyal. Be an example of loyalty. It'll bless you in your life. God wants to use you an example. I preached Sunday. Do you realize that it was Joshua and a bunch of young folks that went into the promised land? The old ones that refused to learn were dead. (laughs) I want to keep learning. How about you? Regardless of my age. David was a young hero. They said, you're not able to fight against Goliath because you are a youth. You're too young. He said, well, back some time ago, a bear came. I whipped him. Back some time ago, a lion came when nobody was looking, and I whipped him. Amen. What you whip now as a young person, you can tackle bigger and greater 
enemies tomorrow. Thank God. Thank God for that. The Bible speaks about Josiah, the boy king. Josiah, I don't remember exactly his age, but I know that he was, he was a child. The boy king started revival in the eighth year of his reign while he was still young. The Bible says he began to seek the God of his father David and he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from their high places, their evil places of worship as a boy. Mm. Hallelujah. Square your shoulders back. God wants to use you. Jeremiah said, Lord, I'm too young. I cannot speak. I'm a youth. But the Lord said, do not say I am a youth. For you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Amen. I'm too young for God to use. Don't say that. Don't even just. Don't you despise your own youth. Don't let other people despise your youth. But don't despise your youth and say, I can't. I'm too young. Oh, no. God can take you and use you in a mighty way. Amen. Everybody say amen. amen. If you'll stand with me, I'm going to read one verse of Scripture. Then I'm going to ask all of our students from preschool to 12th grade and also college, to come and stand here. I'm going to read scripture, and I want you to come, and I want you to come and stand. We're going to pray over you today. We're going to pray over you. If your child is not here, your child may not be here tonight, we're going to pray for them as well. We're going to pray for all of our students here at MPC. Folks, in this hour, they're going to need more than just a prayer through the walkthrough of the school. They're going to need more than just a prayer that we just say uh, casually. Can I tell you what a, the effect of it, a praying parent will do? When I was a boy, I could remember day after day, my dad would pray. Lord, you made blind eyes to see, make seeing eyes blind. Lord, don't let him see drugs. Lord, don't let him see gangs. Lord, don't let, and he just, he just prayed like that. And, and I can tell you, in my years in middle school, I went to a school that was one of the number one drug centers of East Texas. Not one time did I see one drug exchange. Not one time did I see anybody having a deal going down. And not one time did anybody offer me drugs. It's good to pray. Pray. God makes seeing eyes blind. Lord, don't let them see these things in the world. Get them ready, Father, for their future. Don't despise the fact, Mom and Dad, that they're young and you think that they ought to be adults. They're not adults yet. They're learning to become that. Don't run them through the ringer because they're not to your place of perfection. Give them mercy and grace, but also push them to become what God wants them to be. Never tell your child they're too young to believe. Too young to be active, too young to worship. We read your scripture, and then I want you to come. The writer of Hebrews says in chapter 11 and verse 23, By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents. Why? Because they saw he was a proper child. 
When he was just an infant, those parents said, there's something special about Moses. We better make sure we take care of Moses. We make sure that we take care of Moses and train Moses. He's a proper child. And they were not afraid of the king's commandment that said you're supposed to kill him. They didn't pay attention to that because this is a proper child, something special. Then the next verse says, by faith Moses, when he was come to years. Do you see that? By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I don't know exactly how long Moses' mother had him, but it was a short time. Yet she instilled in him enough conviction and character that when his years come to pass, when he got to the proper age, he said, I am not an Egyptian. I refuse that. I don't know how much time, rather, I don't know how much time Hannah had with Samuel, but Hannah had enough time with Samuel to make it to where he impacted and changed the culture of a pagan church. It's important you understand now, your example now. It's going to lead to your deliverance and your power and blessing tomorrow. Come on, students. Thank you for listening to the MPC podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorchurch.com to learn more about our ministry.